Welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. If you're ready to increase your confidence in conversations and conflict, deepen your self-awareness, expand your connectedness, and enrich your relationship with yourself and other humans you care about, and even those you wish you didn't, you're in the right place. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to Emotional Savvy. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler and today we're going to do something entirely different. We are going to talk about one of the aspects of life and relationships, our relationship with ourselves and other people, with the world and everything that we haven't spoken of much. And you know I'm dedicated to talking about the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, all aspects of life here that affect relationships so that we can have emotional savvy and they all work together. So today's show is something entirely different and I want to talk to you about spiritual matters. And in this case, I want to ask you the question to ask yourself, are you spiritually minded? So are you spiritually minded? I'm not speaking of an interest in spiritual things. It's way more than that. My question is, are you basing your thinking every moment on the spiritual principles you hold dear? That's the real question. So how do we determine if, in fact, we are spiritually minded? Well, first, let's look at the concept of a mind. Where is it? Can you point to it? Can it be surgically isolated? (laughs) Even though you cannot indicate its whereabouts physically, you do seem to understand that you have one, don't you? And more precisely, that you use one. Your mind is more than your brain, isn't it? And the truth is that you actually have two, if we consider two very important aspects or states of mind separately the objective or conscious mind, and the subjective or subconscious mind. The conscious mind thinks it knows, and the subconscious mind knows. So it's tricky. But there's good news here. It is impossible to have a mind bypass, although many people behave as though it's not. Because everything you think creates. It's that simple. And if that doesn't clean up our mental acts, I don't know what would. Okay, so if every thought is creative, and there's a lot of scientific proof for this now, so this is not woo-woo stuff, this is the real stuff. This is neuroscience, this is uh, uh, quantum physics, all kinds of things that you can read. Read the biology of belief by Bruce Lipton, read all these things. So... If every thought is creative, why does every thought not manifest? It's a question of where you let your mind rest most frequently. So consider what would happen if every thought you have all day long manifested. 
I wish I had a sailboat. I think I'll sell everything and hitchhike around the world. No one likes me. Everybody wants something from me. This job is so boring. I wish it were more exciting. No one will ever marry me. I don't know if I can stand another minute in this relationship. Oh, I think that person finds me attractive. I'm never eating chocolate again. Wow, I wish I had a pound of turtles right now. <laughs> so isn't that how our inner dialogue goes throughout the day? So if every thought manifested, chaos would reign. Sometimes, of course, it seems like chaos does reign. And that's because the conscious mind is unfocused. And the direction of the conscious mind gives to the subconscious is fractured, contradictory, and inconsistent. So when our thoughts are chaotic, our life is chaotic. Why? Because all thoughts are creative. So truly quote-unquote, spiritually-minded people understand the title of one of my books. You know, I've written 16 books, so there's lots of reading there for you at Amazon if you just Google my name. And so spiritually-minded people will understand the title of my book, What You Pay Attention To Expands. When you understand how your mind and the mind with a capital M, whatever you want to call it, universal mind, infinite supply, divine source, God, whatever it is, works. When you, your mind and that larger mind works, you know that within you is a creative field called the subjective mind. That's where we get the idea that positive thinking is a good idea. So, this is an aspect, as I said, we haven't spoken about on Emotional Savvy. And I'm not going to speak about particular religions or spiritual schools of thought or spiritual philosophies on any one topic. But I did want to introduce this today. Because we are people who have this aspect to us. And each one is individual, of course, but I just wanted us to think about it some. So if we know that we have a mind and what we pay attention to expands, and sure read that book if that resonates with you. So you only want to hold in mind what it is you want to be, do, and have. So it's important to note, particularly eliminate any thoughts about things you do not want. Why? Because the subconscious mind works in pictures and it does not have a picture for abstract words like not or never. So create word as well as mental pictures of what you want. Now on that spiritual side, scriptures for most major spiritual traditions say the same thing about our thoughts. Here's a few examples. In the Bible it says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely and of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So it's encouraging us to think about positive things. In the Buddha um, Dharmapada, it's written, we are what we think. All that we are arises with our thought. With our thoughts, we make the world. 
And in the Hindu Upanishads, one's own thought is one's world. What a person thinks is what he becomes. That is the eternal mystery. And the Chinese Zen master Wang Po said, When thoughts arise, then do all things arise. When thoughts vanish, then do all things vanish. So being truly spiritually minded means holding in mind the beliefs, the values, and principles that we choose all the time. We have to hold them in our mind all the time. The ones that we choose, the ones we prefer, the ones we focus on, the ones we want. And the mind dwells on spiritual matters as possible at all times. There's no need to go into a cave or a cloister. <laughs> Take the time each day to direct your mind to what is most important to you, no matter what's going on in your life. It may be awful, it may be wonderful, it may be disaster, it may be heaven on earth. But take the time each day, enough time each day. It could be thinking about it many, many times a day. Take that time to direct your mind to what is most important to you. Lift your thoughts to how you most want to be and be it everywhere, every minute. You can do that. You can be who you want to be. You can live your values. You can live your beliefs. You can live your vision of your life. Yeah, sure. There may be some obstacles. Maybe you're with the hijackal, those difficult people that I talk about. But you must have a vision of what you want in order to move toward it. Otherwise, you will get submerged in things that are too damaging to you. So you have to lift yourself up and start thinking about what do I want? What would I like to create? How would my life be? And focus on those things. Sure, you've got to still solve the problems that are presented to you. Sure, you've still got to do work and you've got to release old things and you've got to handle what needs to be handled. And that goes along with having a job perhaps and having children and transportation and bills and all the wonderful things as um, as it says in Zorba the Greek, the full catastrophe living, right? <laughs> the full catastrophe. But do sit with yourself and take some time to focus on what do I really want to bring into being in my life? What would life be like if I could have the life I most want? Focus there for some part of each day. Actually, when you become a member of my Patreon page, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Roberta Shaler, R-H-O-B-E-R-T-A-S-H-A-L-E-R. When you become a $5 a month member over there, you can get my 21 Steps to Empowered Emotional Savvy program as your membership benefit. That'll help you. So lift your thoughts to how you most want to be and be it everywhere, every minute. Focus on what you want and eliminate as much thought as you can of what you wish to avoid. And sure, like I said, you may be living in a hijackal horror right now, but keep part of your mind reserved for the direction in which you want to go what your life will be like later. Because these are spiritual things. These are things that are beyond the physical. So lift your thoughts to where you most want to be. Focus on it frequently. And take that time 
Become spiritually minded and see what a difference it makes to how you feel and what you actually create. So yes, a totally different approach today, but it is an important part of us. And emotional savvy means that we have all parts of us awake and working and that we are taking control of them as well. Not control in a nasty way, but in a, in a cognitive way, in a conscious way, saying, oh, I'm going to pay attention to that. Ah, yes, I'm going to turn my attention there and I'm not going to have any denial. So I just wanted to do something different today. So I hope that that um, is something that you'd like to think about. And be sure to leave me some feedback. You know, you can always go and leave a review uh, on Apple Podcasts for the show or wherever you get your, your podcasts. And you can also interact with me on my Facebook page. Just go to um, facebook.com slash relationship help show. And we can talk about the uh, episodes there. So let me know what happened. So, so many things to think about. And today we're thinking about being spiritually minded. Remember, you can always find me at 4-F-O-R-RelationshipHelp.com. Talk soon. Hello, and welcome to Emotional Savvy, the Relationship Help Show. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler, and I'm delighted that you're here as always. I hope you'll invite your friends and come back soon. If you hear something here that really helps you, tell all your friends so they can get help too. I'm excited to be here today with my friend, my colleague, and my guest, Terry Wildeman, and we're going to have a great conversation. Terry's a high-performance coach. She helps socially conscious small business owners and leaders to accelerate their business with intuition, speed, and ease. Sounds good, right? She's known for the speed with which she helps her clients achieve results and the ease with which they do it. No more burning out, no more spinning your wheels, and no more wondering how to grow your business quickly. Woohoo! So welcome to the program, Terry. Thank you, Roberta. I love that introduction. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, what do we want? We want to do things with grace and ease and speed, don't we? Yes, I mean, so if we decide on something, we want to manifest it. So... What better way than to have someone who can facilitate the birth of a new idea with ease and speed and grace? So I want to ask you a question. Sure. You talk about socially conscious entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders. What do you mean? When we talk about socially conscious, at least in my industry, we're talking about entrepreneurs and business owners who want to make a difference. They want to make a difference with their people. They want to make a difference on the planet. They want to make a difference either uh, instead of going nonprofit, oftentimes they'll go with a for-profit, but the focus of the company is doing good. And these are people who have connected the importance of working from the heart and they grow their business from the heart to help others. Well, we need more of those folks, don't we? Let's all be working from our heart because working from anywhere else alone will just cause us stress. <laughs> so don't you notice that there's a difference when people get in their heads and they're just trying to make things happen? Because we kind of live in a world that says, be more, do more, have more, repeat, be more, do more, have more. And we don't stop 
and kind of take a moment and get into the present and say, how could I manifest this? How? And, and you know, that's a great term because when we have a business idea, we have to bring it into being. We have to manifest it. Otherwise, we can spend all our life getting ready to get ready to do something. <laughs> so, what, that's right. Yeah, so I, I think that that's such an important distinction is coming from the heart. And how does a person yeah. recognize that they need to be more in their heart or from their heart? Well, you commented on when we're in their heads, we, you know, things get hard, and they do. When we're in our head and we operate only from our head, from a very practical and logical perspective, things can get very dicey. Things can get very difficult and challenging because we have eliminated a very important part of our world, which is our heart and our emotions. You know how in the workplace they say, uh, leave your emotions at the door. Well, that's the worst thing in the world that you could possibly do because your emotions are drivers to your behaviors. What I do state is leave your drama at the door. <laughs> leave your drama at the door and bring your emotions with you. So when you bring your emotions with you, it gives what you're working on a different flavor, a different energy. It allows you to listen to your intuition in a very deep way and opens the door to seeing, hearing, and listening to things with a, in a very different light. And that's why socially conscious businesses do a lot better because they listen differently. It's not only about making money. It is about making a difference. So you can truly feel the difference between an organization that's making money and puts the client first and an organization that wants to make the, a difference and put their employees first. Because when the employees are first, the employees, and I call that the waterfall effect, by the way. Um, if you can imagine a waterfall, a company that puts their employees first, the employees are, I'm sorry, that puts the client first, the client's at the top of the waterfall. And at the top of the waterfall, if the, if the employee is down here, how can they get to those clients without lots of stress, without working really hard because they're going against the flow? Mm -hmm. of the water and they just can't get there and they're exhausted and burned out mm -hmm. but let's flip it and put the employee at the top and we treat them with what i call trust honor respect integrity loyalty love a fellow man they're socially conscious businesses that love their employees appreciate their employees and do everything they can to make their employees happy and what happens is that powerful energy that beautiful energy flows down to the customer and the customer is the recipient of that wonderful, wonderful energy. And the company grows organically because they get lots of repeat businesses or business from clients and customers who really want to be there. Mm -hmm. Well, I could certainly see where value would definitely move down from feeling valued and validated by a company that would allow people to be trusted. And therefore an employee who's trusted can serve, can actually do something, can make decisions in the moment if they have to, in order to serve a client 
which makes a huge difference. And, you know, when we're talking about emotional savvy in the workplace, um, we have to remember we take us with you, with us, because, you know, I teach negotiation in the MBA program at the University of Texas. And when I get my clients, and they're all super well employed from all over the world, and I say to them, if you want to be a negotiator, you have to be really very, very self-aware. You need to know who you are as a human, what your values are. You need to know why you have those values. And you have to operate as a negotiator from there, as well as a leader. I don't teach leadership, but I tell them all the time, if you don't know that, you're not going to be a good leader anyway. Um, well, that's right. Because it is, it is a, leadership is a feeling and emotion, and management are the nuts and bolts. Yeah, exactly. So I say to them, you do these exercises, which I have them do because they have six modules with me. And over those six modules, I have them rate their values and then chart them every week. How am I doing? How am I expressing? What am I doing? And then I have them chart every negotiation they have until they realize how many times a day they negotiate and who was I in that negotiation. So I think that that bears a lot to what you're saying which is who am I as a leader? And I have to do that work first because it's not I'm a leader and therefore, it's I'm a leader and th this will happen. Don't you think? Uh, it is. And interesting enough, there are people who don't believe that they're leaders, but in fact, they're amazing leaders and they don't even realize it because of their emotional intelligence. Mm, what would be an example of that? Well, for example, you may have a person who's what, what I call a steady behavior style. I teach DISC, Dominant, Influential, Steady, and Conscientious. And the steady behavior styles are the consummate customer service professionals. They treat everyone with so much love, and they, they really think uh, about what everybody else is thinking and feeling, often at their own expense. And what happens is these folks, they tend to be on the introverted side, and they don't see themselves as being leaders when in fact they really are because of how they make people feel. They tend to really bring out the best in people because they naturally step into a place of appreciation and gratitude for the people who work with them. Again, that word leadership sometimes need to be presented in a way of you are a leader. You mm -hmm. really are. Uh, and they're like, but I just don't see myself like that. And it's because of a lot of the programming that they've had over the years. Well, and the definitions that we give to leaders, leaders are up there. Leaders are people who've climbed the ladder. Mm -hmm. Leaders are people who have been promoted. You know, we've got all kinds of situations where people then begin to perceive that if they haven't done all those things, they're not a leader. Exactly. And one of the things I had a conversation just the other day with someone for the show, and we were talking about being a leader in your own life. That yes. no matter whether you work or you don't work, are you a leader in your own life? Yes. Are you actually taking responsibility knowing who you are, moving forward, knowing where you're going, what your vision for your life is, what your beliefs are, what your goals are, and what your next steps are, or are you just letting life happen to you? And it's also, I'm going to add one more. It's about being accountable to your life, to yourself mm -hmm. and your life. Accountability is huge, and a lot of us don't, aren't accountable for our thoughts, feelings, emotions, and actions. We're famous at blaming everybody else. 
Well, and you know, I talk about hijackals all the time, those difficult, toxic people in life. They have no accountability, take no responsibility for anything, and they have to go to work too and feed their families. So you're going to find them in the working environment in every single level. In yeah. fact, a couple of years ago, I was speaking at the California HR conference, Terry, and I I was in the middle of talking about difficult people, toxic people in the workplace. And this brave person put up their hand and said, what happens to them? And I said, brace yourself. And everybody laughed. And I said, they get promoted. They are going to either have a lateral or a vertical move because someone wants them out of where they are. And so it's important for us to realize that we have to be a leader in our own life, not a result. That, you know, that, that is, and doesn't it always start with us? It really doesn't matter whether it's the workplace or in our personal life. And, you know, whether it's our finances, whether it's our health, whether it's our career, whether it's our relationships, it's all of those things require us to take action and take responsibility for ourselves. Yes. Every single part of it. And when we do that, then we're operating on all cylinders. But it's very important to get clear, and you know this. We've talked about this in the past. It's important to get clear on the areas that we choose to self-sabotage. And hijackals are constantly self-sabotaging themselves and self-sabotaging and self-sabotaging. And it's not just themselves. Because they're self-sabotaging themselves, they bring other people along for the journey and the ride too. But the only way that they're self-sabotaging themselves is that they keep pushing people away. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I just want to make that clear to everybody. It's not like they're setting themselves up because they think that they're the leader. They're the top of the pile. They're the leader at the back. That's but right. in the dynamic with other people, they are sabotaging themselves because they're saying you know i'm going to treat you any way i want to treat you and just too bad if you don't like it you can get out of here if you want and so i don't want to talk too much about hijackles today because i want to talk about emotional savvy and leadership but you your website is intuitiveleadership.com yes. and why is intuition linked to leadership well what i have found is we run away from our intuition. And as leaders, when we listen to our intuition, I'm not, and I, when I say we run away, a lot of us run away from our intuition. We're scared to acknowledge it. We're scared to honor the feelings that we have, the words that we hear, the images that we see, this, what we sense and know to be true for ourselves, especially in the specific emotion. And what ends up happening is when we keep running away, we keep running away because of a very powerful four-letter word, and that word is fear. Mm -hmm. And that fear, which is forgetting everything is all right, and I learned that from a very good friend, uh, forgetting everything is all right is one of those pieces in leadership that when we tap into our intuition, intuitive leaders tap into a place where we drop the F and... We use everything is all right. And when you look at those first few letters, the acronym is EAR. We hear, and then the next step is to listen and understand that everything is all right. So what is going to make it all, 
when is going to make everything all right? Your intuition will guide you if you get out of the way and allow it. And stop worrying what other people think. Stop worrying that this person is going to think you're goofy because you listen to your intuition. Or your parents may have knocked out your intuition out of you. Or your teachers may have knocked it out. Or intuition in the, in, um, from the perspective of uh, sports, for example. You're not following your intuition because the coach is telling you to do this. So he or she has knocked it out of it because they want you to do it their way and it goes against everything in your body to go that way and you go and follow your intuition and boom you score a goal <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> i've seen that happen so many times so you know, terry let me ask a question is intuition the same thing as guidance it depends on um how everybody um it depends on how you want to look at it in my book, yes, I think it's our inner guidance system, our inner wisdom. Mm-hmm. It is guidance. It is a opportunity to bring in our seventh sense and work with our seventh sense on a very high level if we choose to. It's always a choice. We're born with the seventh sense. It's there. It's about owning it, working with it, practicing with it and just like there is the gps in a car that will take you where you want to be if you imagine your body as the car your inner guidance system wisdom um guide you know whatever you want to use guidance intuition will guide you that'll be the inner gps that takes you to where you want to go yeah so what if somebody has been tamping that down and they want to get in their head and say well no it doesn't fit with with our plans or it it doesn't fit with the policy that we have right now and it keeps coming up and coming up how should a person start to think differently about that that's a brilliant question and that's a hard question because it's different for everyone and the reason it's different for everyone is because we each have different intuitive gifts so it's about identifying how you work with your intuition whether it is pictures whether it is hearing it whether it is feeling it whether it is sensing it and some of us may work with all of it some of us may only work with one or two pieces of it the next step is trusting it Mm-hmm. That trust factor is huge. The third step is owning it. Mm-hmm. Now, when you work with a leader, an intuitive leader who operates from a very practical and logical perspective and integrates the emotional, the energetic, the intuitive, and the spiritual, and I'm not talking about spir- dogmatic spirituality, I'm talking about non dogmatic spirituality, which some may call values. Okay, so when we go to that place and we integrate it, we create a marriage with both sides of our brain, with both sides of ourselves that allow us to be congruent and in alignment with who we are to create what I call success, brilliantly success, brilliant success to accomplish what we want to accomplish by using it all. So clear. Thank you. It reminds me of something that, you know, I've taught so many times when I'm teaching about spiritual matters, which I've done for a very, very long time, as you have. And someone reminded me of it, a student reminded me of it the other day. So I'll share this with everybody. And this is what I believe. I think that too many people, when they have intuition or they have guidance or they hear that little voice or whatever it is you want to call it, I think that they don't trust it, they test it. 
And what I mean by that is you hear something and you go, what do you think? Well, what do you think? Well, you go around and try and get a consensus. Should I listen or not? And that's testing it. We have to come to a place where we actually say, no, this is part of me. This, this is for me, not yeah. for all those other people to validate. This is for me and to take a step with it. What do you think of my idea? Well, uh, may I share an example sure. of exactly what you're talking about? Okay. In 2010, my husband totaled our car. It was a van, minivan. Hey, we're a minivan family. I don't care if it's out of fashion or not. I love my Honda Odyssey. Okay. And um, the, when the, the van went to have van heaven, it was on a Thursday and we practiced. We, I'm the researcher in the family. I'm the practical and logical one in the family. He is too, but I'm the one that researches the living daylights out of everything. So we got it down to two different cars. It was a Toyota Sienna or a Honda Odyssey. Uh, we decided that we're probably, you know, we really wanted to use van because we had a kid in college and we didn't expect the van, uh, old van to be totaled. No. One of those things. So I dropped him off at the airport and on the way home, I kept seeing an image of this dealership and having a conversation in the car, like, no, you're talking Lexus, Porsche. BMW. That's what they sold at this dealership. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to go to this dealership. I'm going to waste my time. But I also knew that when I got intuitive hits that deeply, that I had to listen to them. I've been practiced enough in this that when I don't listen, it's like, okay, I'm going to be really sorry if I didn't do this. So I knew that if I was getting those images and I was being told to go to this dealership, I had to listen no matter how stupid it was, no matter how impractical it was. And I went. Good. I drive in and I'm laughing like an idiot because I'm seeing all these high-meaning <laughs> car's not going to be here. Darn if I didn't drive around the parking lot and there was a red Toyota Sienna and there was a gray Honda Odyssey. And I walked into the Lexus, it was behind the Lexus dealership. And I walked in behind it in, into the dealership and I said, I'd like to see the Sienna and the, and the Odyssey. And the guy looked at me and says, you know, you're in a Lexus dealership, don't you? I go, yes, I know. Those cars are in the parking lot. To make a long story short, uh, he pulled the car around. I drove it. The last words I said to my husband was, I want a gray van with the sunroof. I said, I opened up the door. It was a gray van. The Sienna was an employee car, by the way. Um, the gray, gray Honda Odyssey was brought around the front. The guy had no idea how to work the bells and the whistles. I sat in it. It was plush leather seats. I said, oh, my God, I'm owning a car that, ha that I'm sitting on cow. I've never <laughs> sat on cow before. And um, we, I, I just was like, okay, i I like this car, but I just had dropped my husband off at the airport. He's on his way to California. It's a six hour flight. So I had to wait till he landed. The guy handed me a business card with the cost of the van. And I'm looking at this van thing going, they have no clue what they had. They, I knew it was cost. I knew it was cost. It was only a year old. And I'm looking at this going, they have no idea. So I said, I have to wait. And he's like, he got all ticked off at me. I said, I'm sorry. If the car is meant to be mine, it's meant to be mine. Well, of course it was meant to be mine. On Friday, my husband gets on the airplane, goes over to the, to the dealership. It's like, yeah, we'll take it. And um, could I have been empowered enough to do it on my own? I could have, but I know my husband needs to be hands-on. It is a car. It is, you know, that's his part of the journey. Uh -huh. And um, 
the next day on our way out, we got a phone call. Would you be willing to pay $500 over what we quoted you? Uh, we quoted you our costs. And my husband and I looked at each other and laughed like, yeah. Yeah, that'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> 500. So the, my, the purpose of that story is I, all these years later, I got the car that I wanted because I listened to the most ridiculous intuitive hits that landed in my lap and it didn't make any sense. It didn't make sense. Right. And, and that happens so frequently. You know, we can, we can just think of the times in our life when we're halfway out the door and you get this little hit, well, maybe I should take an umbrella or a jacket. And yeah. you say, oh, no, I don't need to do that. I learned long ago, listen, 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 you know, because those are the things that make all the difference. So that's very interesting. And so why doesn't everybody use this? What are they afraid of? Well, it's afraid of being judged. It's afraid of the people around you laughing at you because so many of us growing up had intuitive lists, um, hits, lists, intuitive hits, some intuitive lists too. <laughs> and they were laughed at or they were, you know, it was poo-pooed or you would tell a parent something like, yeah, 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 you know, and, you know, they're imaginary friends. You know, they have been um, in some cases abused for their intuitive gifts. And when you're laughed at or abused because of your intuitive gifts, it gets in the way of owning it and working with it. I'm one of those people. I have finally owned it. And, and you know, you and I have talked at length about this. I am owning this. And it's a very scary process to come out of what I call the intuitive closet, the spiritual closet, mm -hmm. the yeah. closet, whatever kind of closet you want to call it. Okay. It is challenging to come out because people don't take you seriously. And it's like, in the end, who cares? You may not take me seriously, but pe these people are going through the same thing I am, and they're taking me seriously. Those are the people you work with. And so basically what we're talking about is actually taking that intuition seriously so that someone else can take it seriously. Because if we don't yeah. take it seriously, that's right. we put it out there, it falls on deaf ears so frequently. And so we have to do our own work and our own practice and actually start listening, start yeah. taking it seriously, start mm -hmm. behaving from it. Yes. And absolutely. then calibrate it for yourself. Don't go around to your friends and say, what do you think? What do you think? You know, does this make any sense? Because you're testing something that was given to you it's not there to be tested. <laughs> it is well, there for you. Let's look, at, uh, let's look at the example between the two of us, okay? My, the logo for my, new for my new show, Your Seventh Sense, that, that logo, you had a hit on there. I love that logo. But you had such a powerful hit on it that it caused me to go, whoa. I, and I know you, and if you had that reaction to it, somebody else would. And ironically, my husband and I loved it, but I knew I needed to listen to your reaction. So it's about knowing who to listen to. I need to clarify that piece. Uh, instead of going to one person, uh, the other person, the other person, make it a little closed group with people you trust and you work with. Because if you had not said that, I would not have had the amazing logo that's being created right now that I absolutely adore. So it's about using that advice of going to who, 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 watch who you're going out to, select a few trusted advisors 
work with those trusted advisors instead of going out to the whole world with it. Because sometimes when you go out to the whole world, everybody's got an opinion. Well, you see so many people, they'll go into a group on Facebook and they'll say, what do you like? You know, and that, that's a great survey thing. You know, do you like A or B? That's different. Looking at something visually and saying, which one do you prefer? Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I so agree with you. I mean, people who are aligned with you in every way, people who understand business, who understand what you're trying to represent and all those things, certainly take it under advisement. If, if I had said that and it didn't hit for you, you would have dismissed it. Yes. But it had power for you. And so you said, oh, I'm going to take that in and see what happens with that. And, and it I, has power for me, though, because I trust you. Yes. It has power for me because of my respect for you. And that's the key. That's the key. Yes. And I think we're back to leadership now because <laughs> the power in the, in the respect and the trust and all of those pieces that are so required to be a good leader, to mm-hmm. be able to put it out there. And now you're beautifully adding that. I mean, your website at intuitiveleadership.com right spot on with all the things that we're talking about today and i know you've got things in development that are are really excellent and you have a free gift for us and in that it's a gift you can find at quickshiftzone.com now you don't have to worry about that it's right in the show notes below the show so it'll be there for you and it's a technique to shift into your heart and get grounded in the moment and many times we need to do that because we get this intuition and then we think ah, you know yeah. we kind of get to this <laughs> <laughs> and oh and and so we go oh no 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 but actually if we can get grounded so everybody go and pick up a copy at quickshiftzone.com so terry i really have enjoyed our conversation as i enjoy our often and frequent conversations do you have a little piece of advice a little piece of wisdom you'd like to leave everybody with today yes when things get hard take a step back walk away from it for a few moments do the quick shift technique uh, that is at the quick shift zone download that and always follow your heart your heart is a very powerful organ as well as your emotion. Your physical heart and your emotional heart are very powerful. Listen to it. It is incredible and will take you where you need to go. Beautiful. Thank you. My guest today is Terry Wildeman. She has gold for you, as you can tell, because she's been sharing it. She's a high-performance coach helping socially conscious small business owners and leaders to accelerate their businesses with intuition, speed, and grace. You'll find her at intuitiveleadership.com. And you know, you can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com or at my YouTube channel. Guess what? Same name, youtube.com slash forrelationshiphelp. I hope that you will join us regularly. Invite your friends to do that. We can all use a little more emotional savvy. So I look forward to talking with you soon, and I hope you'll be there to listen. Take care. Thanks for being here for today's episode of Emotional Savvy. If you want to deepen your emotional savvy, make shifts in your relationships, and enjoy life and relationships more, work with me, Dr. Roberta Shaler. 
get my books, enjoy my courses, or work with me directly. You can do that by visiting forrelationshiphelp.com, F-O-R, relationship, H-E-L-P.com, and subscribe to Tips for Relationships now. Don't miss a thing. Be empowered this week with more emotional savvy.